0: Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective with your host, Tim
1: and Shannon.
0: It's opinion, fact, information, and your alert system. Stay tuned and enjoy the show. And welcome to Right Spokane Perspective on this uh, family-friendly Friday episode. Folks, we have Darren Wold in the studio with us today. If you are intrigued by the conversation that we're having, you need to go back through our podcast list. It will use your favorite podcast service whether it's Spotify or Apple or whatever it is, go back and listen to the interviews with Darren Wold. They'll be labeled on there. And uh, we're just going to have to call it the, the wonderful, sometimes weird research wanderings of Wold, because uh, we live in a different world. We definitely do. And some of the things that we believe to be true were changed At other time periods and we're going to talk about some of those changes in the time periods as we did with the last episode with Darren and uh, man what a weird world we live in. Shannon some inspiration.
1: Why don't we talk about uh, staying a while. During a discussion of the Lord of the Rings movie trilogy, a teenager said he prefers his stories in books rather than movies. When asked why, the young man replied, with a book, I can stay there as long as I want. There is something to be said for the power of lingering in a book, especially the Bible, and inhabiting the stories there. Hebrews 11, often called the faith chapter of the Bible, mentions 19 people by name, Each one traveled a road of difficulty and doubt, yet chose to obey God. All of these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. How easy it is to rush through our Bible reading without pondering the people and the events in the texts. Our self-imposed time schedule robs us of going deeper into God's truth, and his plan for our lives. Yet when we are willing to stay a while, we find ourselves caught up in the real-life dramas of people like us who chose to stake their lives on God's faithfulness. When we open God's word, it's good to recall that we can stay as long as we want. Heavenly Father, thank you for your written word and the examples of people who lived by faith. Help us to follow you as they did. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Well, when we jump into the word, there's many things in there that don't seem like they're fully explained, and we just jump to the next verse or the next story. But Shannon, if we're lost in the wilderness, what do we do?
1: Uh-huh. If you get lost in the woods, find a possum and follow it. You'll you'll end up in the middle of the road in no time.
0: Well, and being in the middle of the road is not a good place to be when it's talking about politics or ideology you want to have a firm foundation in where you stand and understanding reality is important and that's why we have Darren Wolden here to tell us what a crazy world we live in because the time frames you know we left the last episode with you Darren talking about the months of the year and you explained to us and the listeners I had no idea that that's I've been sitting in the middle of the intersection, acting like a dead possum for so long, and it's just January. It's just another month. It doesn't really mean anything. There's just 12 months. But wait, there was only supposed to be 10, because that's why we have December. December, Decca, 10, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, December is the 12th month in the way we have our months oriented.
0: Right, because we had dictators that wanted to change time frames in history.
2: Yep, back in the Greek and Roman times, the difference between the Julian and the the Gregorian calendars um, were the reorientation of the 12 months of the year. That was part of it. Um, And then there were additions that were added that we all know. And the interesting thing is, this is where I bring in some of the biblical stuff um, with our Dead Sea Scroll studies. Um, We had uh, different... uh, Dead Sea Scrolls that have some of the allocations of the original uh, calendar that God used. And even some of the Essenes themselves gave some prophecies about how in, in future times, there were going to be those who would rename the months after themselves. And what's crazy is then we get these emperors that come in, and we get Janus from Jan, or January from Emperor Janus. Um, caesar janus and we ended up with july um from julius caesar we ended up with august from augustus caesar and uh like you just noticed we have this september october november and december and they are not the seventh eighth ninth and tenth months sept meaning seven. meaning
1: seven seven
2: yeah so if you do go back and reorganize this, you're going to see what the calendar was supposed to be set up as far as the orientation. September should have been the 7th, October the 8th, November the 9th, December the 10th, January the 11th, February the 12th. That makes March the first month of the year. And that is according to the original calendar that God gave um, Adam, Abraham, Abraham. Moses. Um, That calendar that's in the Dead Sea Scrolls that we find in their writings um, talks about the very first day of the year is on the spring equinox. And that starts our year every year. Well, the spring equinox lands in March. Mm -hmm. And so March is originally then the first month of the year. And you can see where they reallocated times, changed them because they wanted to make them according to their own will. And the one emperor, Janus, he wanted it, he wanted to be the first month of the year. In other words, I want to be famous, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what he did. And to this day, we still call it January, right?
0: Right. (laughs) He's world famous. And we don't even, we don't even know (laughs) that we are through our calendar basically quoting dictators and I I know our conversations go in weird directions because the stuff that you bring out it just it blows my mind and I think about it what do dictators do they change things <laughs> to alter history to alter things to to disguise real factual history create their own narrative for their own power. And we see governments doing that now. We're changing the name of elementary schools. We're changing the name of streets. We're changing the names. We're tearing down statues. We're, uh, you know, changing the names of
2: holidays. Yes, yes, it, it's it's crazy. Um, and that's,
1: away Aunt Jemima.
2: Well, yeah, I, yes, this yes, <laughs>
0: that's, pancakes that's, of that's, <laughs> all
1: things.
0: Well, and she was world famous actually. She was. There was, a, you know, she she had traveled. She became a great salesperson for products and I just can't. I believe that her, we've stripped
1: they, someone of of a title that they didn't ask for because she was really humble.
0: Well, the thing is, is that we're allowing a radical group of people that are so narcissistic. They, If they could, they would n- name a month of the year after themselves.
2: Oh, I guarantee they would. Moving I on. guarantee they would. Um, with, with that being said, as far as uh, looking at this original calendar that God gave, um, as we went through some of the Dead Sea Scroll writings to find this stuff. Um, There became a couple uh, things that we became aware of um, and it, it, it kind of got me going in the fact that, wait a minute, you could tell that there was something happening in Israel, in Jerusalem at this time. It's called the intertestamental period. So it's in between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And um, you you recall when we go through the books of like Leviticus, Exodus, <clears throat> Numbers, there are those uh, places where Moses is being given uh, some of the um, requirements for the priest's that they have to wear or do when they go into the Holy of Holies and they're going to do certain. Um, now is this kind of feasts.
0: where in, in some theologies they talk about the old law versus the new law. So this is kind of the whole, is that
2: it, I guess you could call it that um, you know, where I'm going to go with this is um, one of the things that was, I always thought was unique when I was a young kid is they talked about how the, the high priest would have to wear bells on his robe and a rope around his ankle when he would go into the Holy of Holies once a year um, on Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur um, and sprinkle the blood of the red heifer on the, on the mercy seat and uh, absolve the children of Israel of their sin for the year. Well, if he did it wrong or he had sin in his heart, the rope is there because he would die and they would pull him out. Oh, It's interesting because if you look at this list, the, the Jews were wonderful at keeping track of things they actually have a list of how many high priests there were from the time of moses until that captivity into babylon and out of that uh, 390 some years there's there's only something like 18 high priests so not
0: very many of them got the rope
2: no no i don't think any of them did they all were doing it right in fact they were all doing it for for many years like 70 80 years they're doing it a long time and they're dying of old age okay they come back from captivity and now between that period of Back in their land, the second temple period we call it until the time of Christ, it's like four hundred twenty years. But there's something like three hundred ninety high priests. It's like, wait, wow. wait, what? What's going on here? I mean, is this a crazy amount of number?
0: Now, did did they run out of blood from a pure
2: red heifer? Because no,
0: that, that's kind of there. There's efforts going on now to, to create.
2: Yes, to create the red the red heifer, and that that is right now an active thing. I'm very aware of that. I'm actually keeping. Kind of an eye on that on the side. but no for the, the when you look at the history, for the first, uh, oh eight or ten high priests, they're, they're doing it right. They're living 40, 50, 60 years, they're, they're doing fine. And then all of a sudden we get into this weird time where it's high priest, he serves for a year, and then he's gone. He dies. Another high priest serves for a year, he dies. Another high priest serves for a year, he dies. And these are
0: in the Dead Sea Scrolls? Yeah, timelines?
2: well, th- th- these are kept in the actual Jewish Midrashs their own little uh, hist- history. Oh, okay. History.
0: So this is the documented history in the Jewish religion.
2: Yeah, but the, the thing with the Dead Sea Scrolls is, when I looked at the original calendar, I realized, wait, wait. They actually in their own writings, the Essenes talk about, and they they talk about that there'll be a time when um, the priests will try to change the calendars. And when they do that, it will cause a problem. Well, one of the things that we know that when that high priest was supposed to go in there and do those, fest, those ceremonies, if he did it with like lust in his heart, say he looked at a woman and lusted after her and he went in and did it, yeah, if he's going to drop dead, they're going to pull him out. Or if he did it on the wrong day, Oh. Oh, yeah. What if he did it on the wrong day? So here's the interesting thing. The original calendar is a solar calendar. The calendar that they use now that was introduced during the time of the Greeks by the Seleucid Empire is a lunar calendar. Totally Totally different different. base. Totally. And because of that... One
0: sounds more sunny. The other one sounds more loony.
2: Yeah. yeah, Well, based on moon phases and everything, the, the thing is, is if you're doing it on the wrong day... That guy's not going to live. Well we actually have a history of these guys this had to then do, this died
0: was, these were the rules that were laid out by God to Moses to Moses yeah that the the priests mm-hmm. had to carry out.
2: yes and if he didn't do it just right that priest is going to die and part of the just right clause is you have to do it on the right day if you're doing it on the wrong day because you're using the wrong calendar. Wow, then you don't make it. And that's what you see. You'll see uh, this guy served one year, died. This guy served one year, died. This guy served two years, and then he died. Then one year.
0: So so somehow the uh, calendar just happened to line up a couple of times so they lasted more than a year? Well, think
2: about this. This is where I want to throw this at you. Um, If I asked you what day you were born on, what, you, you wouldn't know the day, would you? But you'd know the date, because you know your birth date. Right. But because of the way our calendar works, this Gregorian calendar, our days are rotating, and they don't always land on the same day. Oh, of course. That calendar that was given by God to the, the original uh, Jews there, that was a solar calendar. And when he said that this day happened on a Wednesday, it would always be a Wednesday. Always be a Wednesday. Because that's how that calendar worked. And then when it got out of phase, instead of adding like we do that every four years, a leap day, right? They would, every five, six years, somewhere like that, they would add a leap week. So you're adding a full seven days. It keeps your days in order, so your days don't get off.
0: But that, that got changed as well, right?
2: That did that, so they weren't using that anymore, and now they're using this lunar-based calendar that we still use to this day. And because of that, your days get off. Your days get off. Your days get off. It (sighs) drives me nuts.
0: Some of these holidays that move around, and and it actually messes with business and commerce and things because it's like, well, this year it's this, and next year it's that. Next year it'll be on a month. It works great on a Monday or a Friday, but to have the holiday in the middle of the week, it's like, why did we just do that? You know, so it it doesn't make sense. For a lot of reasons, but there's a lot of things in our world that don't make sense because it's a wild wild world that we live in. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to use your name just to keep playing on it because it's a lot of fun, but we're going to take a quick break. We're going to be right back again with this episode, the research wanderings of Wold, because he do, he's done some research that we find profound And maybe we shouldn't find them so profound, but we find ourselves in a place where we're undereducated. And if we think about the world today and what the next couple generations will see, go all the way back to that calendar, go all the way back to how things were done, the legal portions and why things were done a certain way. And think about like our parents' generation, our generation. Look at the holidays, look at our American history that's being destroyed by narcissistic, uh, power hungry tyrants. And it's not a new human condition, but we're gonna go through some more history of this human condition of the past. And we need to think about how we're addressing it and informing people for the future. We're gonna take a break, don't go anywhere.
3: The Citizens Alliance for Property Rights has published our ratings. Of 2023 candidates for office in Washington State. Find these on our website at caper.us. C-A-P-R.us. Councilman Arnie Woodard and former state representative and council candidate Rob Chase of the City of Spokane Valley were both rated outstanding property rights advocates. Among those candidates rated good by CAPER are Nadine Woodward, Kim Place, Michael Cathcart, Earl Moore, Jessica Yeager, and Erica Lalka. Go to our website for more ratings. That's caper.us, C-A-P-R.us. Tim and Shannon have published their interviews of many candidates on their website. Find those at rightspokaneperspective.com. Finally, don't forget to mail in your ballots by November 7th. Good candidates are counting on you to vote.
0: And welcome back to Right Spokane Perspective on this Friday episode. We are definitely going down a, a trail of inf- interesting information. We don't want to uh, follow that possum to the intersection where we'll get run over. But we've been run over by by deceptions, lies, and misinformation. We focus on too many things that are not real in this world. And we've got Darren Walden here again in the studio telling us about the biblical timelines, the things that have been been true in history and we just haven't been told them or sometimes we've been told that different things happened and so there's some amazing prophecies and things that happened uh, already that if we would have been looking at some of the texts in history like the Bible we would know where we actually stand. So let's jump back in.
2: Hey, so one of the things that was really interesting that I've come across is we have multiple um, sources that talk about the overall timeline of the of the world, of the earth, and coming from what you call a biblical background. Um, when I study the Bible myself, I can actually add up the dates and get you to from the day of creation to the day of the flood at 1,656 years, okay? And then I can work forward and get to the point of some of these dates that we find uh, later on in the Bible, um, you know, the birth of Abraham at uh, 1,948 years from the flood. And as you keep adding dates from the Bible, you can put a timeline out and it really does look like we're working on about a 6,000 year timeline according just to the Bible. That's simple. But, you know, there's some other sources that talk about the exact same type of a timeline too, which is really interesting. And one of the ones I came across that was also located in in the Dead Sea Scrolls was um, an official copy of the Book of Enoch that was there, and it's Enoch one. In case you're out there wondering, there's an Enoch one, two, and three. Enoch two and three are uh, definitely forgeries and and some kind of a, a Gnostic, I, I would say, writing. But Enoch one uh, has a lot of very powerful. So these truth. other
0: Enoch's were not; uh, exa- they were not actual translations.
2: No, what they were is uh, somebody made it up, uh, and it has nothing to do with biblical anything. <laughs> <laughs> so oh. it, it
0: was any, it somebody in the time of the scrolls being written, or is it? Somebody no, they came much is, later, much later. So this is somebody trying to take scrolls, uh, reinterpret the whatever it was, and created their own Enoch.
2: What it was is okay. So after the the original Book of Enoch being found in the Dead Sea Scroll, then puts it at uh, two to three hundred years before Christ minimum at how early it was written. Um, these other ones, Enoch two and Enoch three, we find in like 400, 500, 600, even a thousand AD. So it's much later. much later. And it was probably written as a spurious form to confuse people and try to th- throw out more garbage. I think it has Luciferian overtones, um, just ridiculous stuff. So
1: fake news to dis- discredit the original
2: Enoch. Exactly. And now, wait a minute. You're, you're telling me there's fake news in ancient times? Fake ancient news times. in ancient
1: yeah. times. Well, there yes, was. I mean, there we, we was. Talked lies we, have always <laughs> been lies from the beginning of time. Well, we,
0: we talked about the, you know, Distinction of a, an original calendar that made sense oh, yeah. to alterations in the calendar by dictators. I mean, we've seen biblical text, uh, biblical uh, religious theologies changed by political leaders, dictators, tyrants uh, in world history—not that far back, really. Yep. And so we're looking at this, or saying, okay, so we've let's go back to the original text, looking at the Dead Sea Scrolls looking at you know obviously if the, maybe there was a dictator at the time that says oh we can't have people believe in this we got to read <laughs> another version and so looking at the Dead Sea Scrolls tell us about because this is
2: kind of new yeah well it's it's that, that it, we
0: could read it i mean that's the thing is the dead sea scrolls they we didn't decipher them until recently is what i a,
2: a lot of these were just recently deciphered um the the one in the book of enoch is is actually been out there a long time and i think just a lot of people have never looked at it because we have this problem in the western world of thinking oh it has to just be the bible it can never be anything else well, i mean come on how many of you guys read a sports illustrated how many of you read hunting digest i mean you read all kinds of different books right well, why not read the book of Enoch? Why not read uh, the book of 2nd Ezra's or, or these other biblical texts? They're just non-canonical. All right. You make up your own decision. Don't let me tell you what to think.
0: Well, I mean, you read the Constitution, you read government laws, yeah. you read, uh, you know, go back to the Magna Carta. You know, we obviously historical, if we want to know where we're going we have to know where we're from.
2: Yeah. So where I was going with that with the Book of Enoch is it shows a 7,000-year overall human timeline broken down into a little bit different type of a format. Um, so out of the 7,000 years, you have these these breakups of 100 years, and it breaks it up into 10 weeks, and each week is seven days of 100 years a day. Each day is 100 years. And so that's how you're getting your 7,000. And it's interesting because when it comes to a certain point in his prophecies, each day he has some really powerful predictions. And remember this is from pre-flood times, and there's a prediction of the flood that nails it right at the time that it would happen. There's another prediction of a Messiah. There's a prediction of the law being given. So there's so many predictions in his timeline. The one that gets interesting is then towards the end there's a time when the messiah will return and there's a prediction when the just and the righteous and the elect would be removed from the earth wow and when he put it down he gave you a hundred year so it's a one day timeline and the one he gave was interesting if you take his calendar and you superimpose it over ours that lines up that hundred year time span lines up starting in 1975 and going to 2075 Hmm. So what he says from his writings is, in that 100-year time span, the righteous and elect would be removed from the earth. Now, I'm not some famous biblical scholar, but if I were to say that to you, what special event in the Bible would you think of with the righteous and elect being removed from the earth?
0: Uh, I would probably be looking towards the end of the Bible.
2: And
1: is there a name you'd call that?
0: Uh, Revelations, Armageddon, that you know, the rapture those because things. Because it's
1: being revealed, maybe? Well, yeah. and, and,
0: and I think we've talked about the rapture before, and there's, of course, there, and this is such a hot topic in the Christian world. I just oh, yeah. have to say, <laughs> I'm not wise enough to decipher uh, exactly what will happen because I haven't seen it in the Bible. Tell me exactly now. So there's so much argument over this pre trib, post trib, rapture, all these other things. What I just Pastor know that, 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 pan
2: trib. Pan trib It's all yeah. gonna pan out.
1: It's All gonna pan out. The <laughs> end. Thanks, Pastor Jay.
0: But, you know, it got. If, if I believe in an all-powerful God, I can't say, "Well, the way I interpreted it is this." <laughs> I think I think God's got it under control. He knows what He's gonna do. But when you look at this, so you're looking at the Book of Enoch. You're also mm-hmm. looking at biblical text and how mm-hmm. these things line up. But there's other things. I mean, it's like you said. We got to look at information. You know, yep. we're we're told in the Bible to be wise. Mm-hmm. To, we have to look at history. We have to look at the actions of men versus biblical truth and law. But in looking at that, we also have to understand that there was groups of evil people out there that wanted to hide this because they wanted to be gods. They wanted to be in control of the future and how the future was laid out. Luciferian uh, agents, if you will. And so they destroyed artifacts, just like we're destroying the names of things, we're knocking down statues. But what they found over decades over centuries they found artifacts that line up with documents in the Dead Sea Scrolls they find other writings sometimes just tidbits and they're trying to put these things together but the more and more it's like in archaeology the the scientists are like "We're going to just prove the bible go dig that up oh well I guess we use the bible we just proved it you know so looking at other artifacts that they've found over the years I know that sometimes it's just fragments that they put together that kind of line up with The books of the Bible and Enoch and uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls.
2: Let me uh, let me bring a fragment to you. Um, For many people, this can be really new. And that last one was interesting; gave us a hundred-year window to think about. Um, But this one is uh, 13Q Melchizedek, and it is a scroll that was found in Cave 13, the uh, Melchizedek Scroll, and its line Q, I think, is how he deciphers it. Um, And it's interesting; it talks about again a time when the righteous and elect would be removed from the earth. And
0: this is another scroll yeah. that was found in, so you said cave 13. Yeah.
2: And it just recently was deciphered. This is not, this is not old. This is fairly new deciphering because we just finally got it translated into English.
0: Well, and we got to also kind of put that out there. Okay. So this is, it's not like an old scroll. You open it up carefully. It's not like on TV, like, uh, uh, Oh, what was that movie where they, they had to, handle the documents really carefully and uh, the guy was always stealing... National these treasure. National, National treasure, treasure, right? Treasure. Yeah. Oh, and you've got all these people with rubber gloves. No, if you touch these documents, if you touch these fragments, you know, it, after archaeological finds, they turn to dust.
2: They just disintegrate. Yeah. So
0: they've actually used MRI machines and all sorts of different technology
2: to see inside the documents so they don't have to touch them. Exactly. And then once they do that, they have to translate from the ancient Hebrew. Well, actually, there's a weird little thing. So when the... The letters are first seen. They're not even seen in a word shaped form because they're you're seeing them front to back in three-dimensional different looks. You have to actually have a supercomputer just to put the letters back into their original arrangement. Then you, once you've done that, and that's a whole thing in itself, they had to actually have supercomputer access at that point. Then you take the uh, the original data that is in ancient Hebrew, and you got to find somebody that can translate from ancient Hebrew or ancient Aramaic into modern Hebrew. Once you get that done, then you got to find somebody that can translate from modern Hebrew into English. So there's multiple steps before these things can ever come to light in the English speaking world. Mm-hmm. And some of it hasn't been done since, uh, just recently as 2012, 2015, 2018. And we're talking some very recent stuff. Well, in this milk, document, um, the way the, the Essenes, the, 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 writers of the Dead Sea Scrolls, um, the way they had set up the world's timeline was that there was 7,000 years overall that there would be six thousand years of human history a thousand years of rule and reign with with their messiah the six thousand years were divided into three two thousand year ages there was the first age which is called the age of chaos or the age of creation the second age which is the age of torah or the age of the law the third age which was the age of grace or the church age, I've heard people say. And the points, the dividing points are very interesting um, because you're going to nail the, the, with the Dead Sea Scrolls, we finally were able to figure out how to put the calendar on our calendar, how to superimpose it. And what it did is it nailed that timeline of in between the age of the law and the age of grace And that occurred on 75 A.D.
0: Hmm, 75 A.D. So we've got about a minute and a half for you to finish up this topic. So we got to roll through this timeline. So 75 A.D. is the transition from the law to grace.
2: And so here we go. 2075 is the end of that age because that's 2,000 years and it's the beginning of the millennial kingdom according to their writings well in the melchizedek scroll it says that the the righteous and elect would be removed and it talks about the beginning week of the last jubilee before the end of that age so if you a jubilee is 50 years you mark backwards 50 years from 2075 what do you get 20, 2025, 2025. So from 2025 to 2032, that's seven years, that's the window they give for the righteous and elect to be removed. Now you notice the book of Enoch also covers that time period, but it gives a whole hundred years. It's very vague in how large it is. This one's giving us a seven-year time period. Very interesting to me. So I can't put anything on it. somewhere <sighs> in the
0: seven years is, is the time period where the righteous and elect will be removed. Could
2: be. And, yeah.
0: and you're talking about 20 25 to
2: 2032?
0: Yeah. Okay, so that that could be in our lifetimes. And I know that you're not one to, uh, you know, predict Armageddon or predict the end because uh, you're just doing this research, looking into it as in-depth as you can. And, of course, we've had folks out there uh, in the in history do predictions, you know, Y2K, whatever. They've, they've done predictions, yeah. and they've all failed in their predictions because I don't think we can predict the power of God. I don't think we can even understand it. And... To me, what's interesting about this stuff is is looking at history, learning from history, and we don't have leadership that's doing that now. We actually have leadership that is trying to remake history, and and it's a lie. So we got to go back to the truth, go back to the scrolls, look at biblical truth. Right now, we have to look at you know biological truth. We're not even following that. So these amazing topics that we have with Darren Wold. You're going to have to go to the podcast and find out the other discussions we've done. And we're going to do another show with him on another topic Monday. So folks don't miss out on that. Again, we will see you on Monday. Thanks Darren for coming in. You bet. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Right Spokane Perspective. We are sponsored by Right Spokane Perspective LLC and made possible by advertisers you hear and contributions from listeners like you.